The Lord be with you. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Luke. At that time, the Lord appointed 72 others whom he sent ahead of him in pairs to every town and place he intended to visit. And he said to them, The harvest is abundant, but the laborers are few. So ask the master of the harvest to send out laborers for his harvest. Go on your way. Behold, I am sending you like lambs among the wolves. Carry no money bag, no sack, no sandals, and greet no one along the way. Into whoever's house you enter, first say, Peace to this household. If a peaceful person lives there, your peace will rest on him. But if not, it will return to you. Stay in the same house and eat and drink what is offered to you, for the laborer deserves his payment. Do not move about from one house to another. Whatever town you enter and they welcome you, eat what is set before you. Cure the sick in it and say to them, The kingdom of God is at hand for you. Whatever town you enter and they do not receive you, go out into the streets and say, The dust of your town that clings to our feet, even that we shake off against you. Yet know this, the kingdom of God is at hand, and I tell you, it will be more tolerable for Sodom on that day than for that town. The 72 returned rejoicing and said, Lord, even the demons are subject to us because of your name. And Jesus said, I have observed Satan fall like lightning from the sky. Behold, I have given you the power to tread upon the serpents and the scorpions, and upon the full force of the enemy, and nothing will harm you. Nevertheless, do not rejoice because the spirits are subject to you, but rejoice because your names are written in heaven. The Gospel of the Lord. There is a certain command in the spiritual life, a certain ebb and flow that I've mentioned before and will mention again because it's so 
central to our lives, to our spiritual lives. And that is that the first command of the gospel is to come, and the last command is to go. The first thing our Lord commanded the apostles to do was to follow him, to be with him. He said to them, come after me, and I will make you fishers of men. And in St. John's Gospel, St. Peter says to the Lord when he first meets him, Rabbi, where are you staying? And our Lord says to him, come and see, come and see. To come and be with him, to spend time, to listen, to watch, to experience him. And then and only then comes the command to go to go out into the world. They are not set out with their own power, they're set out with his. And they can't go until they've been with him, until he himself forms them, until he himself gives them the power that is not their own but belongs to him. We have trouble with that sometimes, don't we? We want to go and do wonderful things. We don't want to come and be with the Lord. That's, again, the importance of being in the presence of the Lord anywhere, and in particular in the presence of the Blessed Sacrament. I've said this before. I'll repeat it again and again. Remember the words of St. Therese of Lisieux, who said that she thought that every priest should make a holy hour every day before the Blessed Sacrament, except for busy parish priests, and they should make two, because you have to spend more time with him if you're going to go out and do something, if you're going to go out and change the world, if you're going to go out with the message of the gospel, which was, the kingdom of God is at hand for you. The kingdom being the Lord himself. It's not just a thing or a place. He's the kingdom. So he sends them out because they've spent time with him, the 72. They are sent out to do what he's told them to do, as you and I might be sent out, although not in the same formal way that they were, Nevertheless, we are all sent into the world uh, with, a, with, with a purpose. He has given us a gift. He has given us the talent. He has given us uh, whatever we need to proclaim the kingdom of God. He sends them in pairs. That's important, too. He sends them in pairs. And he tells them how they are to do it. First of all, he tells them to pray. Harvest is abundant, but the laborers are few. When I was in the seminary, they didn't know what to do with us. There were so many of us. We were upstairs in the attic. They were trying to find places to put us. That isn't true anymore. The vocations have dried up, although they're beginning to pick up again, even in our own diocese. We have two of our own seminarians here today. Uh, They're picking up, but our Lord tells them to pray. We seem to think God will do things whether we care or not. Remember, God's causality is, for some reason, partly given to us. He gives us a share in what he does. So we have to pray for the gift of vocations, which is why I do that at every Mass, to ask the master of the harvest to send out laborers for his harvest. And then he tells them how they are to go and what they're going to expect. It's not going to be an easy life. Many people fall by the wayside. They do. That's true with all of us. I'm sending you like lambs among wolves. We don't like that, do we? We want to to go out to meet other lambs, but it doesn't work that way. Much of the world is not that way, and we are going to find a a world full of wolves too, although sometimes it seems the wolves have more enthusiasm and zeal than we do. Uh, And then he tells them they are to go out in a spirit of poverty. They aren't supposed to look weird. They're supposed to be people who have given up all things for him. He tells them, carry no money bag. 
They are, they are to be totally dependent upon the providence of God and the goodwill of others. Uh, no sack, no sandals, and greet no one along the way. Their mission is too important. They are not to be distracted. They will keep moving. That's a difficult thing, too. Uh, and then he tells them what to do, that they are going to proclaim the kingdom of God, as I said, and that God's providence will take care of them, as will the people they meet. So that sending, then, is an essential element of the gospel. Uh, but again, remember, we have to spend time with him. They have. But there's something more to it than that. He gives them a power that, again, is not their power. And they're very excited about this, wouldn't you be? Lord, even the demons are subject to us because of your name. So the, he, they did what he told them to do. He said to cure the sick and to proclaim the kingdom of God. And so they do. And as I said, this is quite wonderful. It's a wonderful thing to be able to do that. And our Lord then makes a rather strange statement. I have observed Satan fall like lightning from the sky. In other words, he has come to defeat the powers of evil. And he is doing that, but they don't know yet what the price of that will be. The price of the defeat will be the cross. But Satan is falling. And then he says, I have given you power to tread upon serpents and scorpions and upon the full force of the enemy. Nothing will harm you because you have my power in you. But he concludes then by saying, nevertheless, do not rejoice because the spirits are subject to you. Well, then which, over what should we rejoice? Because your names are written in heaven. You know, there are two types of grace. One is the, and they had fancy Latin names that I can't remember. That one was the grace to do something for the good of the church. It's a gift that God gives us for others. The second is the grace to become holy as an individual. They're different graces. One can have one and not the other. Or whether, but one can be given both and accept one and reject the other. For instance, Bishop Sheen, our friend, once said that he said, people think because I'm a good preacher that I'm a holy man. He said, not at all. Either I'm holy before I get into the pulpit and when I leave it, or I'm not holy at all. I'm simply using a gift that God gave me. And gifts can be taken away, by the way, too. Remember Samson with his strength? The strength was not in the hair. The strength was in the oath he had taken and, and in his faith. The hair was only a symbol of it. But when, again, he fell under the wiles of Delilah and his hair was shaved off, she said, Samson, the Philistines are upon you. He jumped up and thought to himself, I will acquit myself as always. And the scriptures say, he did not know that the Lord had left him. He'd taken away the gift, as he did with Saul. So we have to be personally holy. Just because someone does holy things or has great uh, gifts, such as preaching or administration or leadership, doesn't mean they're personally holy. That's another gift, and we have to accept that one too. After all, as I've said before, Judas went out and did these things. Judas went out and cured the sick and proclaimed the kingdom of God. It may have been, of course, that at one time Judas was truly a holy man, although the scriptures don't give us that impression. Uh, remember when our Lord announced the Eucharist in the Bread of Life discourse in St. John's Gospel, the sixth chapter? At the end, he turns to the apostles and says, I have chosen you 
and one of you is a devil. And we are told by St. John, he was referring to Judas, the son of Simon Iscariot, one of the twelve who would betray him. That's important, remember. I've said that before. Judas, one of the twelve. The intimacy, he had it all, but still rejected him and betrayed him. So, here we are. We have come now here to be with the Lord, to receive the Eucharist. First, come. That's the important thing. Otherwise, we have nothing to take away. And then we will go out into the world and hopefully be radically different people. Although, there's a good chance we will simply be the same old person we came in here as. But we're not meant to be. Once we have received the Eucharist in particular, or just being in the presence of the Eucharist, we should become radically different people. And the world will know that we have been sent. And then we can rejoice, not because of our great success in the world, but because our names are written in heaven. Let us pray. Almighty Father, we come before you as the people redeemed by the blood of your Son and trusting in your love and mercy. For the Church throughout the world, that her members will have a truly missionary spirit, using the grace they have received to proclaim the kingdom of God, the church suffering and the freedom of the church in our country, we pray to the Lord. Lord For all nations, especially our own, as we celebrate our independence, that we may use our freedom uh, in a truly holy way. We may always respond to the grace of that freedom. We pray for all those running for public office and for peace, we pray to the Lord. For all those who are sick and suffering, for those who are dying, for those who bear the cross of Christ in any way, <clears throat> that they will realize that they are to proclaim the kingdom of God in their suffering. For those who suffer from spiritual and mental illness, for those who are greatly tempted, for those who have rejected the kingdom, we pray to the Lord. Lord for an end to abortion and to euthanasia in all of its forms, we pray to the Lord. Lord hear our prayer. For an increase in vocations to priesthood and the consecrated life, and those young men and women who will truly be prophets sent out into our world, they will respond to that grace. For a greater reverence for the sacrament of marriage and its prophetic nature and for the single life, we pray to the Lord. For our bishop, priests, deacons, and seminarians, and for the American hierarchy, that they in particular will hear the call of the gospel, will proclaim it courageously, that they will be people truly transformed by the Eucharist they celebrate, we pray to the Lord. Lord for the souls of all the faithful departed, especially our relatives, friends, and benefactors, for all who have died on the battlefield, all victims of violence, terrorism, and natural disaster. For all those who died recently in the terrorist activities in Istanbul and Bangladesh. For all their families and friends and the conversion of those who commit such actions. Also, for Elizabeth Hablot-Ney and Michael Warnicke, Eternal rest grant unto them, O Lord. May they rest in peace. May their souls and the souls of all the faithful departed
and for all of us here, that we will be personally holy and at the same time have a truly missionary spirit, we pray to the Lord. We now join our prayers to those of the Mother of the Church as we sing. Mm-hmm. 